0: First Chronicles 29 is the last chapter in First Chronicles. Last, um, uh, We'll try to uh, split it into two parts. We'll do one part this week, Lord willing, and next week, um, do, uh, verses 14 to the end. So we looked at last week, 28, hopefully. Uh, those of you that are here, you've got to watch the video. If not, you can listen or watch it. Uh, If you are watching this online, I encourage you to look at uh, 1 Chronicles 28 video first, and then watch this one second. So David's charge to Israel uh, in 1 Chronicles 28 was all the leaders, probably at least 10,000 leaders, because he has the captains of the hundreds that are there, and he's got a million-man army, plus more than a million-man army, so he's got 10,000 military leaders there, plus all the political leaders, plus his sons. And so this is the same group, I I assume, from 28 that are hearing uh, what he says in chapter 29 as well. Um, I don't know about you, uh, but when it comes to giving, giving generously is something I enjoy after I do it, but it's hard to choose to do it. Sometimes you look at your budget and you look at how tight things are. At times, you're like, oh, "I don't know if I can can afford to be generous." Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where generous giving is the is a the theme here of uh, First Chronicles 29. And we'll see here, uh, giving generously is a choice. You'll see the word freely, which is a free will offering, which is not required. You'll read about the required sacrifices that the Israelites had. Uh, for the daily sacrifices for, uh, if they were guilty, uh, for their sin offerings, but the, there are other offerings that were not required. And, uh, that's the type of offering that's going to be taken here. And so David, the King in verse one says to all the assembly, Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen. We'll stop there. This, the other sons are there listening. Joab, who doesn't follow Solomon later as Solomon becomes king and follows one of David's other sons, they hear this and they don't uh, listen uh, to God's choosing of Solomon. But uh, we've heard this expression, uh, Solomon is young and inexperienced before. The work of uh, for the palace uh, will not be for a man, uh, but for the Lord. So Solomon is going to have to build uh, the The temple, Uh, the temple is a major theme of First Chronicles of God's uh, faithfulness and his presence with his people. So Solomon is young and inexperienced. The work is huge and uh, it's not going to be for man. It's going to be for the Lord God. So David says in verse two, so I have provided um, for the house of my God. So far as I was able, the gold for things that are gold and the silver for things that were silver and bronze for things that were bronze. Iron for things that are iron, wood for things that wood. besides great quantities of onyx and stones for setting, antimony, colored stones, all sorts of precious stones and marble. Moreover, in addition to all that I have provided for the holy house, I have treasure of my own gold and silver. And because of my devotion to the house of my God, I give it to the house of my God. So remember David's previous offerings, it back in uh, 24 or so, 23. Uh, twenty-four. He's giving billions of dollars of gold, a hundred thousand talents of gold. We calculated that to be about two hundred and forty billion dollars. Okay, uh, more than the more than all the wealth of the wealthiest man today, um, on the planet, is the amount of gold alone. Plus, he gives several billion dollars of silver, and uh, that was all probably from his uh, spoils of war. As the king, he got most of the spoils or a lot of the spoils of war. Uh, so that was sort of a political um, and used for the kingdom. Uh, he dedicated that for Solomon to the temple. But here it says of his own personal finances, David says, uh, I'm going to give, in addition to what I've already given, I'm going to give 3,000 talents of gold and a talent of 75 pounds. That's uh, about $7 billion of gold. Of the gold of Ophir and 7,000 talents of refined silver, that's several hundred thousand dollars, several hundred million dollars worth of silver for the overlaying of the walls of the house, for all the work to be done by craftsmen, gold for the things gold, silver for things for the silver, who then will offer willingly, consecrating himself today to the Lord. So who then will offer himself willingly or consecrating himself? So the leader chooses to give freely. It's not required to the Lord. And then he turns to the whole group here and says, okay, who's going to consecrate yourself? What he doesn't say, who's going to consecrate your money? God wants more than our money, but when he has us, he gets our money too. There may be people and churches that are fine with you just giving your money. Donate online. You don't have to even come. Just, just give us your money. We can do with it what we want. And this isn't how we want to operate as a church. You can give your money fine, but we'd rather you be here. And so that we can minister to you and build relationship with you. And so that you can uh, grow and we help you grow and you help us grow. Uh, but consecrating yourself to the Lord. And notice the word willingly here. Who will then uh, will offer willingly consecrating himself today uh, to the Lord. So the leader, by example, is giving uh, generously um, from his own resources. This is David. Now, the supporting leaders, verses uh, 6 to 9, are encouraged with David's final statement there, verse 5. The supporting leaders are encouraged to follow his example. Then the leaders of the father's houses made their free will offerings, as did also the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds. These are, there's just thousands of guys here. And the officers over the king's work, they gave for the service of the house of God 5,000 talents. So, that's more than David. So, Billions of dollars worth of gold. Uh, Derrick there, you may have a uh, derrick's of gold. That's a fourth of an ounce. So that's another 2,500 ounces of gold at $2,000 an ounce. That's over a million dollars right there of gold. And then 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, 100,000 talents of iron. This is more, but this is of all of the leaders of the kingdom. Uh, they gave willingly. This was not re- a required uh, offering. This was all free will, all generous giving, following David's example. Verse 8, and whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord. And in the care of Jehelio, uh the Gershonite, uh, likely the guy that was uh, in charge of the treasuries. And notice the result. You'll see it then. Uh, you'll see then back in verse 5, who then will offer willingly? Verse six. Then the leaders of the father's house made free will offerings, and now another connection here. Verse nine. Then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly. Um, this morning, I had a few eighty plus year old uh, people in our Bible study, and I asked them about: Is it more? Is it more joyful to? to keep what you have and spend it on yourself or to give it away. And they're like, oh, give it away. And by example, and I said, you need to tell my generation that you'll get more joy in life than using your resources to give uh, to the Lord, to his work, to his people, uh, to give to give of your wealth away causes great rejoicing. This doesn't seem... Uh, logical, but this is how God's world operates. God's people rejoice because they had given willingly. Verse nine says, for with a whole heart, they had offered freely to the Lord and David, the king, so that all the people are giving, they're rejoicing. And then their whole, with their whole heart, they had given freely to the Lord. And that causes David to also rejoice greatly. This is all the introduction of what uh, we want to spend most of our time here on verses 10 to thirteen. Therefore, another connection word, based on what this huge offering that just came in and the rejoicing that comes from being able to give willingly, David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. So unifying, generous rejoicing provokes the leader to now lead an extravagant praise. And we're going to see five reasons here for praising the Lord, and I'll try to connect those to us in the New Testament. So the first thing here in verse 10, they're blessing the Lord, praising the Lord. For what reason? Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Who chose Abraham, Isaac, and Israel? God did. David says back in chapter 28, God chose Judah, God chose me, God chose Solomon. So all of the choices that God has made to narrow it down from Abraham, Isaac, Israel, and all the Israelites are related to Israel. They're Israelites. They are part of God's chosen people. And they are chosen by God. And how long are they God's chosen people? It says here they're forever and ever. And in the New Testament, We are chosen before the foundation of the world. That blows our mind. Like before God created anything, God chose us. At least 6,000 years later that we'd be in his family. And how long are we in God's family? We're in God's family forever and ever. Nothing can take us out of God's hand. We're in Christ's hand. We're in God's hand. We're secure. John 10, we studied that this week or last week. Uh, we're, we learned that. so we bless God, we praise the Lord for choosing us to be in his family forever and ever. The second thing verse first half of verse eleven yours, O Lord, so attaching to God what is what is David are going to attach to the Lord the covenant keeping God who is I am that's all caps uh, Lord there yours is the greatness and the power, and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty. Ah, those five words are about the most superlative terms that David could come up with. He can't find anything higher to say about God than what he says here. So we praise the Lord for being great, powerful, glorious, victorious, and majestic. And it says here, attaching to the Lord all of those supreme words, for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. All that's in the heavens are the Lord's? Everything that we haven't even discovered yet is the Lord's. Everything in the bottom of the ocean that we'll never see is the Lord's. All that God has ever created, including our bodies, are the Lord's. Why? Because he created all things. But we doubly belong to the Lord as Christians because he bought us with his blood. So we praise the Lord for being great, powerful, glorious, victorious, majestic owner of the heavens and the earth. Praising him. So in praising him... This is in the context of generous giving. So whenever you understand, have a really good view of who God is and how high and exalted he is, giving generously to him is natural. (laughs) It is, it flows from a heart, a whole heart that is so wanting to give him the glory that is due his name. All right. And then the second half of verse 11. So we praise the Lord for being great. And then second half of verse 11. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. What did Jesus say when he was on earth? He said several times, the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And whenever he was talking to people that were figuring out, "Is he really the king? And he said to uh, the one man, he said, you are not far from the kingdom. What was he saying? He was saying, and John the Baptist prepared people for this. There's someone coming after me. I'm not even worthy to unlatch his shoe because this is, this is the king who's coming. And when Jesus comes and he says, I am, all of the religious leaders, all the chief priests and the scribes and the Pharisees knew First Chronicles 29 and saying, if Jesus is the Lord, then he is great, powerful, glorious, victorious, and majestic. And they were going to say, Oh no, you're just a carpenter's son. You are, no, you don't fit this description. But as we see in the Gospel of John, Jesus is showing us he is great, he is powerful, he's victorious, he's majestic, he is the owner of all things. And those who bowed their knee to him, praised him, worshiped him this way. He is not only great and powerful, but we praise the Lord for his position. He's the king. Look at verse 11. You are exalted as head above all. Yours is the kingdom. Christ's position as supreme king of kings and lord of lords is a fact. The world can reject Jesus. They can curse him, but they can't take him off his throne. So we praise the Lord for his position as supreme king of kings and Lord of lords. People missed him the first time, a lot of them. The second time, nobody's going to miss Jesus. Everyone's going to see him. Every knee's going to bow. And if you aren't with him, you're going to be destroyed. Look at Revelation 19 and the, the titles that are on Jesus' garment, king of kings and Lord of lords is a fulfillment of David's song here in praising the Lord for his position as supreme king of kings and Lord of lords. We're continuing verse 12. Both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all in your hand are power and might and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. David would have been known as a strong warrior According to how much money he gave to God, he was a very wealthy man, extremely wealthy man. So we praise the Lord, but notice what David's praising and how he's connecting the name of the Lord here. Where does he say the riches and honor and power and strength come from? Everything comes from you. You rule over all. So all we're doing here in giving all of this amount of money to you as our God, all we're recognizing is you already own it. We're just giving it back to you. So, and everything that we have done to earn it, what do unsaved people and those who work really hard say to their kids and grandkids, by the sweat of my brow, I provided this food for us. Well, three times a day, at least, as we eat, we bow our head and we thank the Lord and say, this food is from your hand. And you gave me the strength to work. And when you're sick and you don't feel well, you don't have any strength, you realize, well, this body is not that strong. This body is not made to last forever. But when we give generously to God, we can give this way that we recognize riches and honor comes from the Lord. He rules over all of our stuff. We don't really rule over anything. In your hand are power and might. You give us this, the power and strength to earn money. You give us the wisdom to know how to invest money so it can earn more money. And in your hand, it is to make great and you give strength to all. So everyone who is mighty and powerful, the billionaires today, you know why they're billionaires? Because God gave it to them. God gave them the ability. Now, do most billionaires, would they be able to say this to God? No, they would say, I inherited this, or I worked really, really hard, harder than anyone else. I'm smarter than anyone else, and this is why I'm wealthy. But you're forgetting (laughs) who is above you and who gave you all of this. So we as Christians, we cannot uh, realize, we can't uh, stop um, praising God. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, James says. So this praise of God, recognizing his provision as the supreme giver. He's not only this position of a supreme king, he's the provider as the supreme giver of riches, honor, and strength. So we need to praise him. And then finally, verse 13. And now we thank you our God, and praise your glorious name. It is at the name of God that every knee bows. It's the name of Jesus that is far above every name. It is the name of Jesus that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. This is why when the world says, oh my God, God, or gets mad and says, Jesus Christ, (laughs) they're doing exactly opposite of what's in the text of scripture here, taking God's name and bringing it way down, and no, we as Christians are saying, no, we thank God, we give generously to God, we praise God, we recognize our position under him, he has provided everything for us, and we are going to thank him, and we are going to praise his glorious name. We have more to give thanks for with a cross and the empty tomb than David and all of his mighty men had. We have a clearer picture of the glorious name in the New Testament than David and all of the prophets would have loved to have had. And Jesus said that they would have rejoiced to see my day. And um, we can be provoked with this old testament text to praise uh, the name of god and to give him all generously freely whatever we can with a whole heart and when we give to our our god it'll cause us to rejoice